Hello. Do you want to play a game? The Scene on Screen podcast presents Three Men in a Meeple. Are you interested in playing games that don't appear on the screen? Well, that's why we're here. Join David, Sean, and Owen while they talk about all things tabletop. Now pass the dice, because our next turn starts now. (laughs) The stakes have been raised. Imagine living in a place so wretched that it's not only plagued by one, two, or even three monsters, but seven of the most horrifying fiends. In this game, you'll come face to face with them as you work together to rid the town of the manacle or misunderstood creatures before it's too late. That's right. Today on this episode of Three Men and Meeple, we are talking about Horrified, the board game. And as always, you have myself, David. We have Sean here. Hi. And we have our good friend. Owen. Oh, he's back. <laughs> I know. All right. Oh, yeah. Hi, everyone. Hello. Uh, Hello. <laughs> Owen is our good friend because uh, he's uh, Halloween is a special day for him. It is. It's so special. I love yes, Halloween. The day he was brought into this world. That's right. It's my B day. Yeah. Like my so. spooky B day. Happy so, birthday. Yeah. Oh, day. I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, for our listeners, our, our, our date savvy listeners, you might have noticed that this episode released on a Sunday, October 31st, because this is, of course, a special Halloween episode. We're talking about one of our favorite Halloween or just spooky games, uh, and that is Horrified, like I said. And uh, so, yeah, we just decided to release this on Halloween instead of our usual Tuesday. So it's a treat for everyone. This is like the equivalent of candy for your ears. It's not a trick. (laughs) It is a treat. (laughs) So how's everyone doing today? I'm feeling a little spooky. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm fresh off our, our SOS episode talking about uh, Halloween movies. Been watching some spooky stuff. Still watching that Supernatural. I'm I'm very oh, in the yeah. mood. Yeah, I've been watching Supernatural. I think you, t- you talking about it, you know, we, we me and my wife got back into it. We're like a couple seasons in now and oh, it's great. I love it. Can I can I make a quick observation? Because this is my first time like getting all the like this is the furthest I've been, I think. Okay. It's amazing how many times they kill off characters just to have them come back. Yeah, but that's kind of fun, though. You're like, oh, my God, they're back, right? Like, they get killed off. You're kind of sad about it. But now I'm back. never emotionally, like, damaged if somebody dies. Like, oh, Castiel come died back. for, like, the 14th time. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I-, I like it how their their voices get deeper each season. You know, first season they're like, "Oh, hey, what's up, Sam and, and Dean?" And like, next, by the last season, they're like, <laughs> they're like barely, barely audible. They're just growling the whole time. Uh, apparently, so- I have a a problem because of it. Now I just run through the house and watch Sammy. Nobody <laughs> here named Sam. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been watching a lot of uh, spooky, scary movies. Just kind of going through the list. What's on Netflix and on Amazon Prime and on Disney Plus and think like i've hit a, a peak where i can't watch any more scary movies for at least a while i feel like i'm not sleeping anymore you're having too many nightmares so like all these so nightmares what's the staple in your catalog like what's the movie you have to watch nightmare before christmas every year that's that's the must and that happens on halloween every year that that's fair we we do that whenever we can kind of fit it in but right. it's 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 one of those I like I love watching Scream and I still haven't watched it. Mm. That is probably the one of the best horror movies I think that has ever been made just cuz it's so amazingly meta. So well written. It's not Facebook. You you calm down. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. I did, I forgot all about that already. Yeah. All right, scene on screen podcast is starting to leak. So <laughs> we are here to talk about board games. That's true. And but uh, I had to know <laughs> what what a better time of year to play some spooky horror board games, spooky horror board games than Halloween. Um, and, you know, it's kind of fitting that we we're talking about some scary movies because Horrified is a board game based off of the old classic Universal Monsters. So 
we are talking about Frankenstein or I guess Frankenstein's monster technically, but in the game right. they're called Frankenstein and bride of Frankenstein. The so wolf the, man the dude and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula, the mummy, the invisible man creature from the black lagoon. So the classic monsters that just spread terror through cinemas right way back before movies had color. So uh, <laughs> I've never seen the original Invisible Man. I've only ever seen the Kevin Bacon Invisible Man. You know, you know why? Because how could original, you see what's not yeah, there? He's invisible. That's true. Uh, okay. Those are, like these characters are just so so classic and iconic. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I haven't really seen like the original. Like where these have come from. I've only seen the updated versions that you see from like the two thousands, right? Well, I feel like. The classic, well, there's like the Bram Stoker's Dracula, which tends to be the more, you know, common Dracula that people think of, you know, like the the man living in the castle in Transylvania. But this Dracula is more of a like mythological, uh, like smart dude that's wreaking havoc on a town kind of thing. Um, right. Creature from the Black Lagoon. They did actually manage to incorporate a little bit of what that whole movie was, because like there's the 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 fishing, or I, not really the fishing yeah, boat, but it's just a boat, and you're trying to yeah. get the escape boat to the end, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, this game came out in when did this game come out? 2019, and I remember hearing so much online about it. There was such a there was such hype for this game and I didn't quite understand why uh, until I played it. And for a game that is so simple, really, but the customization options are almost limitless with multiple, like there's up to what seven monsters that you can play against right. and you can mix and match which ones you want to play against. You can play with versus one you could play versus all seven if you want that um, would be insane I, that would be crazy probably be impossible to beat. um right. so this game just is such an accessible game and this well like sean i showed this game to you and then you showed this game to someone else and and we were saying just before the show you know this is a prime example of a gateway game that that is very true and for those who are playing meeple bingo at home this is probably the fifth to sixth game that david has introduced me to which i have <laughs> properly purchased yeah That's good. yeah and just, oh, just for just for the record i i do have the game pulled out here you can play up challenging mode is up to four any four monsters yeah, I don't so think it I goes think any higher, right? If you were like to play you all could, seven, you would just lose. Like there's, you would like, probably you lose would, instantly. Yeah, but hey, there's. I'm sure someone's going to try it. Yeah. Oh my god! So go, going back to David's point, before I, I rudely brought up our bingo game, um, you're right. Like to me, this is the gatewayest of all gatewayest games, and I'm excluding games like Catan or Betrayal that kind of like draw people in. It's not necessarily a party game, but it's a good game for having a small group of people playing as a team. The big thing for me is just the inclusion and the immersiveness of this game. We touched on it on our last episode, the spooky games. Mm -hmm. But this is the absolute mood starter. If you want to get the room into a good space for like a, a nice creepy crawly night. And it's simple. It's a very easy game. It's it's rated for what? Like ages 10 and up. So anybody can really learn how to play it. It's another odd game with like five players. You can't really modify it for six. Yeah, that's annoying. Um, but that, that's still a pretty good player count. You, like you would think a lot of games are only say like two to four. This one's one to five. That's that's decent. Yeah, I, feel like small, that, small I feel like one to five players is becoming more common. Um, right. which is strange, but yeah, cause I was looking the other day when we were trying to figure out what games we could play when there's going to be a bunch of people there. And f- a lot of them that I have on my collection max out at five players. Um, well, like right. we played a- unfathomable 
the other uh, the other week and it's designed for one to five players we added a sixth person in there and it didn't necessarily break the game right um but i've also done that with um with terraforming mars we it's one to five and we added a sixth person and it really threw the game off mm-hmm. like it really made it weird but it worked like we made it made it through a full game but it just changed the whole dynamic of the game i think if you were to play with six players for this one you might have to add a fifth or like have to play mm. with three or four monsters yeah i think you would right? have to just play to add with, with increase the difficulty for sure yeah um, yeah, that, that would be interesting to see how it would play with like one more person. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I might uh, bring this to our Halloween party. Oh, yeah, there, there might be six people there. So who knows? I'm offended yeah, that I was we'll not see. involved in this Halloween party. <laughs> you're always you're always you are you're the Halloween always, party. Yeah. So uh, be, you need to I'm calling you. So Horrified came out in 2019. Uh, it was designed by Pros- Prospero That's- Hall. Uh, Ravensburger was the publisher. So, uh, you know, a European publisher. Uh, and it just sold like hotcakes when it came out. I think it, it did so that, well. Yeah, I think it hits that campy creature, you know, that kind of subgenre of horror that everybody mm-hmm. kind of soaks up and loves. And then the mechanics and the way it played was, uh, you know, the uh the cherry on top right yeah. so it kind of hit all of those those fun um uh those like you know checked all the boxes mm-hmm. so owen you you have a list of the awards that this game won in its like year of release so yeah 2019 though i didn't i don't think it looks like it really won any awards it got nominees so it got um oh yes that's best right the, best thematic board game Best Family Board Game, Best Cooperative Board Game, and uh, Republic Immersionist Laurel nominee. I don't know what that one is, but whatever that means. But uh, I can totally agree with Best Cooperative Game, Best Family Board Game, and Thematic Board Game. Like for sure, whenever you play that game, if you're not thinking, "Wow, this was a lot of fun," I could play this with my family. Like it was a good co-op game where we all worked together to solve a, a problem. And if I didn't get drawn in, like those are all things that it definitely does well Mm -hmm. and i think what's makes this game so accessible is that even though it is a game where you're fighting monsters it's not you know scary monsters like these are the the movie monsters that either we've heard of or maybe some of our parents or grandparents grew up watching so everyone can kind of make a connection with it but it's not like a lot of these like newer board games where they are horror based and it's like grotesque creatures or aliens or or you're in some sort of like demonic state type of thing right this is a board game about monsters and you are trying to defend this small little town from all these monsters and they are not scary at all right i think the, uh, (laughs) the the scariness comes from the sense of panic when you're like oh my god like we have zero morale left and like Mm -hmm. we have so much left to do and the monsters are closing in and you're rolling dice and you're like oh like you are kind of scared that somebody's going to roll the wrong thing and then you're going to lose right there's always Mm -hmm. that sense of danger in the game Mm -hmm. oh 100% and that stress of like it doesn't matter whose turn it is you could be the guy closest or the girl closest to the monster without even realizing it you could be put into a bad position just because of the way the like each turn ends right Mm -hmm. there's no safety there's no like even on easy it's still hard well i wouldn't say it's hard but it does require teamwork and and communication oh man last time so i actually played a game uh, a weekend or two weekends ago with the group and we tried the first game with three monsters so i think it was creature from the black lagoon dracula and wolfman and boy did we lose and we lost hard like we didn't even get close i think no we we beat dracula but yeah we weren't even close to beating the other two and man, it was hard. It's, it is a very difficult game, even with working together. Like it, it's all, it's not all luck. It's strategy, but it, it can really turn around, turn on you pretty quick. 
So let's like actually talk about uh, the game strategy in a little bit. The interesting thing about this game is that depending on what monster you are competing against, the game plays differently. Each monster has its own objectives and its own puzzles that you need to solve. So, for example, Dracula is is considered one of the uh, first ones that you should um, go against because his uh, the way that you beat Dracula is you have to collect a certain number of items of a certain color, go to a specific location where his coffin is, and smash his coffin. Once you smash all four of his coffins, then you can go and find Dracula up close and defeat him. Right. Cool. Uh, then the mummy. You go around and you have to actually break the curse of the mummy by using yellow items to move the scarabs uh, on this like little stone tablet thing that they have, and I, I don't know. Once and it gets then, to six, once it gets all the way around or something like that, then you you defeat the mummy, right? Like, yeah, you have to um, go to his space, and I, I got the cards here. Actually, I, I got the whole board game like set out right now. <laughs> and yeah, same with Frankenstein. And actually, we did. Uh, so after we lost our first game, we we tried it with just one monster, just the Frankenstein and, and the bride. That one was really good. And what your job is, is you're trying to make them like better people, I guess. You have to, you have to teach to, them. How, you have to teach them yeah. how to love. You got to teach them how to love and you have to keep them away or else they'll go into a frenzy. So you have to teach them to love. And once they learn to love, then you put them together and then they're happy and they just go off into the sunset. Um, yeah, so like there, the wolf man, you have to find something to cure the wolf man. The invisible man, you have to place evidence at certain locations to find him. And the creature from the black lagoon, you have to move the ship along the lagoon based off of colors, right? Colored items that you have. So like yeah. you could really customize the type of game or the the difficulty of the game, especially based off of the type of uh, puzzles that there are. So like if you were to mix dracula and frankenstein together you know you're trying to get certain items to smash these uh coffins but at the same time you're trying to keep these two other monsters separate so it's a it's a balancing act of what do i need to focus on and that's where the co-op aspect of this game comes into play where you have to work together as a team to kind of delegate who's going to focus on what, or like I have these items, but you're closer to that. So I can meet you halfway and give you these. So like, there's a lot of communication that goes on. And, and, and uh, Sean, when the first time that we played it, I brought it over and we were playing with uh, your significant other. We, I, t- I took what, maybe like 10, 15 minutes to explain the basics of the game. And within a few rounds, everyone at the table had it under control and knew what they had to do. 100%. Right? Yeah. And that just goes to show like how easy the game is to pick up and play, even with mixing up the strategies required and the requirements for each monster. You know, it's still a really easy game to play because ultimately you're collecting items of certain colors and then using those items in c- conjunction with a specific location or whatever it may be to complete a task right very basic fundamentally so also it comes with a lot of great reference material so like any good game that you know it should be is uh is actually like our reference cards so they have lots of reference materials so everybody will get a reference card at the beginning of the game and it details what your actions are so for example your actions are to move can move your guy one adjacent space guide so you can guide a villager you can pick up an item you can share an item by giving it to somebody else in the same space um advance a task by using an item at a specific location so you could advance whatever task you're doing defeat a monster or use a special ability and those that's your actions it says right here on this handy little card uh so you know if you're starting out you say oh here's your card you can explain and they have a reference to look at whenever Mm -hmm. they you know they need a, a reminder it's there so let's talk about villagers for a, a few minutes because the villagers is an interesting um, aspect of this game. Right. Um, so in the uh, deck of cards that uh, after your turn, after you've done your actions, 
um, you will draw a card from, is it the, is it called the monster deck? Um, uh, there is a monster deck and I think there is also a villager deck or something like that. So I think the, um, the, the monster deck, it has villagers in it and it'll say, uh, place whoever it is, say I got one card here. It says place Maria, Maria at the barn. So you find the Maria figure, which is a little cardboard cutout and you place it in the barn. And now that's a villager on the board and you have to take them from wherever you place them to their like home location. So her home location will say on her figure, like the farm. So you take her wherever uh, you take her from the barn and you try to guide her back to wherever she goes. So you can get uh, an, a special ability card. And so that, and that everyone has a special ability card that they start off with, but then if you want to get more, you have to save these villagers. So then, then it becomes a fact of, or a challenge of, okay, do I t- take this villager right. from one end of the map to the other end and avoid monsters because monsters can attack villagers? Yeah. Um, or do I like focus on completing the task to defeat the monster? So, but that some of the, the action cards are really cool. Yeah, for sure. They're they're super powerful. If uh, if you can get them, oh my god! Trying to get those villagers from one side of the board to the other while you're also juggling trying to complete the monster stuff is so hard to do. There's a lot going on. Yeah, um, definitely multitasking. You have to like look at the board, look at where everything is, and be like, okay, I can, you know, simultaneously move this person across the board while also fending off. Dracula or like picking up items along my way to get to one of the coffins to smash it. Uh-huh. Right. So you got to look at it to be really good at planning. <laughs> that's for sure. And I am not that, that person. I'm not good at that. <laughs> well, and that kind of shows one major flaw in this game is that this game is really easy for one person at the table to take control of the mm. entire game by dictating what other people should do. Right. You get that that kind of like controlling person who's like, all right, on your turn, you're going to move here, here, and here. On your turn, you're going to do this. And on my turn, I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. what did you call that? Alpha-ing? Alpha ing? Alpha gamer. Yeah. Yeah. So, in order to combat with that in this game, it's also kind of good to have some house rules. Now, I don't know if it's specifically said in the, the rule book, but um, I like to play with the. Uh, action cards as um, like secret info. Mm, okay. So that someone can't like oversee everything that you're doing so that that gives you an option to be like, okay, you know what? I have this card. I want to play this card and no one else knows that I can do that. So meanwhile, one person could be like, oh no, you go here, pick this up and go here and drop that off or whatever. But you could have a card in your hand that they don't know about that actually lets you do something better. Right. So I find yep. that if you if you can alter the rules a little bit, like it doesn't break the game. It just adds a little bit of, uh, you know, secret info that helps you just retain control of your own character. Right. So I, I do like the um, camaraderie. Like I know there is that person. Like I really, I haven't felt like got that too much where there's one person trying to control the whole board. But whenever you do have your face up action card, people can see it and be like, all right, you have that on your turn. Can you do this? They're not saying you do this. They're saying, you know, how about we do this or let's try this. And that but way. I'm, I'm saying like there's maybe not in the groups of people that we play with, but there are people out there that are very demanding <laughs> of other people in their at the table when they're playing co-op games. Right. Um, this isn't a game that has a lot of um, analysis paralysis you know uh like sean when we were playing you know uh and we were i was explaining the rules to you and your significant other you know there wasn't a lot of downtime between actions because the everyone had an idea on what they had to do and the actions were pretty straightforward and like owen said you know there's a a quick action reference guide all that stuff so it does leave a lot of space though for people to start like alpha gaming and trying to take control of the board because when you're not on like when you're on your downtime right when you don't have your turn you're waiting for everyone else you can really sit there and analyze what needs to be done 
Mm-hmm. I, I actually and thought that, you were going to go in a different direction because what did, what did you uh, think? like not just the alpha gaming, but there, the way the turns are set up and although it's an easy game to learn and you have all that extra time, it's such an easy game to forget the action at the end of your turn because people are so immersed and you're already oh. like overthinking the next move, right? You're like, okay, so David moved this piece here and he got, he got down to the docks and now I have to do this. And before David's done his turn, he's like, okay, now, now next go. And then like, he forgets to pick up his pieces and move the pieces around the board and stuff. You know, that right. that's or, one thing that I've noticed numerous times while playing the game. It doesn't matter kind of who you're playing with. This is one of the games that finishing your turn is a little bit harder. I think maybe because of the pace of play. Right. I got that too. When I was playing, um, I kept forgetting to pick up monster cards. So we'd have to go back. Like I would do my turn be like all pumped about all the actions everybody did next person would start and then they would get halfway done their turn I'm like oh crap i forgot to pick my monster card we'd pick it up and that would change you know where the monsters mm-hmm. were and that would change that person's turn so and that that's a case where the game is immersive and you are excited to to see what happens and, and move stuff around the board well yeah, and and the monster cards actually is what adds the randomness to the game you know, there are some dice that are thrown when it comes to combat, which doesn't necessarily happen very often. If you play smart, you, you could probably go your entire game without actually having to roll a combat dice. Um, but the monster deck is what adds randomness, and that's what controls which monsters move, where they move, and what actions they do. So right. that will depend on where all the players are around the board. That's going to determine where the monsters move and all that stuff. So that's what makes this game different each time. But also it's very easy to kind of forget to do that monster action. Because again, you're so focused on the task at hand, like Sean said. Um, it's it's very different than other major co-ops, like let's say Pentemic, where the end of your turn really changes the core. Like, it's a bigger event. I feel sometimes you like you're so afraid of the monster. You forget about doing the monster action, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or like you just don't want to. You're like, okay, you stay right there. I don't got to worry about you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I don't it, draw may, this card. Maybe it's designed a little bit differently than pandemic. Like pandemic, you have the card. It tells you exactly what you're supposed to do every single turn. And you make a choice on how you're going to make that turn. Right. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to fly over here. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, shit, I'm out of turns. I better pick up a card now and move on. Whereas Horrified right. doesn't really have that, like, A, B, C. It's like A, C. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And also you're saying, like, the the pace is really good for Horrified. So on your turn, you have X amount of actions. X is, like, the... Uh, character card that you picked how will say how many actions you you get to take in a turn so it could be between three and five i believe and your action one of your actions might be i move and then another one you know i pick up and then like i fight a monster that's that's your turn right so it's really uh really quick your turns are pretty quick that means you know there's less downtime for everybody else Uh, and that's important when you have games that have tons of downtime like players you can get bored um, it takes you out of the game. I think that's why it holds that theme is because you are constantly moving and you're constantly, um, you know, uh, analyzing the board and, and taking your turns. Yeah, 100%. this game does have very little boredom when it comes to playing because there's always something going on. Right, and that tension, right? Every time somebody picks up that one of those monster cards, you know, you never know who's going to move, what dice it could. You could be rolling one, two, or three, like uh, combat dice, I guess is what they are, and you know, you could be quickly losing items or losing people and and moving that track up the um, what is it called, and like losing morale. The terror track. Oh my god, it it is terrifying. That is a bad bad track. <laughs> It's like a bad trip, but it's just a bad track. It's just a bad, so, bad, bad so track. So what is the terror track for our listeners at home? So as you um as your players start losing, so if you get in a fight with a monster and you don't have any more items to sacrifice, so just say you have one item uh in front of your board and the monster rolls dice and they get two hits, uh 
if you got if they say just got one hit, you could sacrifice your item to negate that hit. But if they rolled more hits than you have items to sacrifice, then your player is defeated and they go to the hospital and you move up on the terror track. I believe the terror track goes to 10. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Also, uh, when villagers die, you move up on or get injured or whatever, you move up on the, the terror track. And once it, uh, the marker is all the way on the terror track, the game's over and you have lost because the the villagers and everybody are so demoralized they just give up, and I guess the monsters just take over and win. So, let, let's talk a little bit about the the artwork that oh, that kind of comes great. with the game as well. Both like with the characters, the the villagers, the the board itself, and like if you want to look at the characters specifically, there's a very unique kind of community to this. I know Owen and I were talking about it a little bit more pre-show, but they sell the characters blank for the people who would like to paint them themselves, which is very interesting. Right. And um, then uh, what, what was the, there was a website we found earlier and I can't find the link, but people sell custom miniatures for the game as well, which is also pretty cool. Right. I, I, I'm pretty sure you could probably just 3d print these if you wanted to just to paint them. I know there are a lot of people in the board game community who love, the miniatures in board games, even more than the board games themselves sometimes. And they'll buy a board game just for the miniatures, just to paint them. Um, but yeah, these miniatures in this game are awesome quality, highly detailed, uh, and they really match the artwork in the game. So when you see them on the board, it's uh, it's awesome. Have you, well, like uh, the, the monster miniatures kind of match the the colors of their character right. cards right like so right dracula if the, the artwork on his card is is lots of like dark hues and reds and stuff like that okay so dracula's miniature is red he really right. stands out on the board frankenstein green the mummy well what color is the mummy in this one uh it's kind of like a like a gold ish yeah color. the uh invisible man while well, he has a blue suit uh <laughs> creature right. in the black lagoon and then the Wolfman, like so, the the character miniatures, like you don't have to paint them because they are detailed enough, and they they actually fit the the artwork. Like everything in this game, like all the artwork is surprisingly very bright. Oh yeah, it's just everything pops. It's very comic booky almost, and very mm-hmm. like, campy. They they really nailed the uh, the the art style and with the with the genre. Yeah. And, and the board itself, you know, the board looks very, it looks very interesting because the way that it's designed, it's a town at night and you're traveling through the city streets and the only parts of the board that are really lit up that is that you can see clearly essentially is the individual spaces with buildings and the city streets. So it really does look like you're exploring this town at night. You can go to the riverfront and you can, and, and the docks and stuff like that. And like along the river and outskirts of the town, it's all dark and like, it's like a dark blue. So it looks like it's at night. So they did a really good job with the artwork of the main board. Right. Especially with it being a night scene. I know I have a few games um, like Blackout Hong Kong or Nemesis where they kind of whiffed on the board design because it's supposed to be at night. It's supposed to be a dark. And they pretty much just made the board black. They just like straight black almost with like, you know, you barely able to make out stuff on the board. Whereas with this one, they really made it colorful, even though it is supposed to be a night scene. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes the game visually appealing for children and adults alike. Um, well, it makes it easy to, to read. It makes it easy to look at, right? You can mm-hmm. actually see where things are. Everything's clearly labeled. Um, yeah, they really killed it with the art. And that's Ravensburger. Ravensburger always does a really good job with, um, with their art, with uh, actually knowing their content. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of, uh, well... I feel like some games that have come out recently have really copied the artwork style f- from this game. Um, some of the Funko games, uh, if you look at it, it looks almost, it, well, it looks very similar to the horrified style. 
uh, like the Goonies game, for example. But that's more the Goonies game. That's Ravensburger. That is Ravensburger. We, yes, we bought but, it the other day. Wait, was it Ravensburger? I thought it was still <laughs> yeah. a Funko game. No, it's that and Back to the Future that are the exact same oh, kind yeah. of build. Right. And that's yeah, right. Back to the Future is a Funko game. I'm just looking at it now. Okay, maybe it was Back to the Future, but but I've noticed like this style of art has become more prevalent um in some of these these games that are aimed towards the family right uh well yeah again it makes everything easy to it makes everything really easy to read and you can say mm-hmm. oh here like on your turn you move from this circle to this circle right mm-hmm. like you move from this like this space to this space and it's very clearly marked out now yes. there's two different back to the future games there's I'm one made at... by Funko, and then there's one made by Ravensburger with the same style of artwork. Ah, uh, I it's see. Back to the yeah. Future, Dice Through Time. Um, the I think the only gripe I have, and this is going to sound very particular, and you guys will be like, man, he's still so new to board games, but it's okay. I don't like how the monsters are like these nice resin pieces. And then your characters are like these stiffer cardboard pieces, but uh, they don't you really like move the standees. Mm. No, no, they're I'm not so standees. new to board games. I'm like, yeah, God. what a noob. Oh, okay. Geez. <laughs> Chill out. So you, you have your standee, but you also have like your big cardboard, like your coaster card, which is yourself. And then the, the villagers are even lazier. Like, it's just like, like uh, I'm looking at um, what's her name Maria right now. It's this tiny little girl with a ton of like negative space around her, mm-hmm. and she she starts in the camp, or she has to be returned right. to the camp. But if you look at some of the artwork now for the second game coming out, American Monsters, it looks like they've tried to rectify that a little bit with how the characters um, are positioned uh, on their cards, how the villagers are positioned on their cards. And I don't know if you guys have seen the images of the monsters. The monsters have way more detail than they, they previously did. Yeah. I, oh, I'm just looking at it now. I really haven't looked through it yet. Um, wow. Yeah. The the monsters look awesome. The, the so monsters list part of. Sorry, I go ahead. Part of that though is because they weren't sure how well horrified was going to do, right? Um, so I feel like after the success of horrified they put more effort into the the character cards the monster cards the pieces and all that stuff they heard your feedback sean they knew they yeah knew they, were thinking. they were in the delorean they knew this conversation already happened. so i think with with horrified the original game the difference between the villagers and the characters like the player character standees well, the player character, the player character standees, the colors of those match the, their player cards. So, oh, the, the you know, base, yeah, like oh, yeah, I see, yeah, the, like the, the background, backdrop, right? So, the, the mayor the... is red, the courier is pink, the scientist is blue, the oh. archaeologist is yellow, explorer green, and the professor is purple. So, that is a easy visual indicator of who your character is and where they are. Not only is the standee, the artwork color coded, but the actual plastic stand that holds the cardboard up is right. color coded as well. So it's good for people who maybe not, might not necessarily have a good view of the front of their, the, the standee, but they can still see the color of the, the, the plastic base. Right. Um, and it just kind of differentiates each character because the, the cutout of that matches the, the artwork of the actual character. But then if you look at the villagers and like Sean said, there's a lot of empty space, but they are all very generic looking uh, pieces. Like all of right. the, the, the design is the same all across all of them. And so you always know that these are the, the villagers. You're not exactly. going to confuse them with your own, with the actual player characters. Exactly. So yeah. I think that is a, a strategic design choice. Um, and no one's ever going to confuse a villager for a player character just for that fact. Right. Uh, Sean, if they released uh, a miniature, like uh, an expansion pack that just had miniatures in it of the characters, would you buy it? I would consider it 
based on like if I was like attached to a character, but I also like, I like the physicalness of the monsters, right? Right. Like I just, you just feel like the monster looks scary. My cardboard guy doesn't look scary. Well, right. I guess your your cardboard cardboard guy isn't like the the monsters all 3d and my, my, my archaeologist has a two-dimensional personality. Well, and that's the thing is you are playing as the archaeologist, right. but you're playing against the monster. So the fact that the monster that you're playing against is this 3D miniature on this board and they stand out, it's very apparent where they are because mm-hmm. they are so different than anything else. It gives that sense of urgency and that, I don't know, the, the <laughs> fear of something being there that, oh, my God, it might come closer to me. I have to get away from it or I have yeah. to do this to defeat it. I think it actually is a quite an ingenious uh, design choice because it does add atmosphere to the game that is brightly colored. And, like, you know, how are many other horror-based games has... Uh, a super bright pink character option on there. Right? Like they, they, they pop. They pop. Yeah, they pop. <laughs> <laughs> so um Sean mentioned the sequel, I guess uh, we could call it Horrified American Monsters. Right. And I know Sean, you were really interested in this one, right? Yeah, and I wish there was other monsters in it, but I will Start off by telling you who's in this one. You can see Bigfoot, Mothman, the Jersey Devil, not to be confused with the New Jersey Devils, <laughs> the Chubacabra, or if you've ever seen Workaholics, the Chubacabra, <laughs> uh, the Banshee of the Badlands, and the Ozark Howler. I've never heard of the Ozark Howler before. I don't, or the Banshee of the Bad. Like, are these actually supposed to be like, you know, American? monster myths because i've never i haven't heard some of these yeah so this is actually uh where horrified was based off of the universal monsters the movie monsters this is kind of based off more of american folklore and those kinds of things yeah because these are all made up monsters man well we don't know like nobody's ever seen bigfoot well that's a lie i'm sure all right i'm looking up the ozark howler because this looks Arkansas folk folklore. Interesting. Uh, so the sorry, the did you say did you say Arkansas or Arkansas? Arkansas. <laughs> you're, you're like the second person I've ever he- heard say that, and I just I can't oh, let Arkansas? it go. Right. Well, I don't know. That's what it looks like. So, Jeez. anyways, <laughs> the Arkansas. the character artwork for American Monsters. It goes. It it changes from that kind of cutesy cartoon look to more of a I don't know oil painting artwork style, which yeah, is pretty look cool. Scary. They look more a lot more mature, except for the journalist. He looks like he's like seven years old. Um, oh, and I also like the special action for the journalist. None, and then there's a sad face. Oh, what? <laughs> which is pretty funny. But they I'm get surprised five actions. Like the pen is mightier they get yeah so the artwork uh well they changed a lot for american monsters the token styles and if you look at it everything's kind of like takes place as if it was a what is it like oh. boy scout kind of badges and everything right so they're all look, kind of the badges you, style stuff even oh, the and- monster cards they look like uh folders like file folders like an x files kind of style yeah, thing that looks really really cool well, Did you- the, the back of the character cards show a logo, and it says the Federal Bureau of Paranormal Investigation. So, and oh that's God, kind of like it. a little notebook. Um, but it looks like they kind of addressed Sean's issue a little bit with some of like the villager. Um, not really, actually. Now that I look at it, they're still all the same. The character the cards look really good shape, but uh, the character cards. Uh, you know, it's all the same color coding and stuff like that, but the character itself, the picture of the, the person pops out more uh, between the actual character cards and the villagers. Mm, okay. Did, so, did you look up what the Ozark Howler looked like? 
no, like I when got, you Googled it. No. I got all upset when you when you called me out for naming calling a state or whatever wrong. Uh, that, no. that, that wasn't me calling you out. I was making sure I heard you correctly, but <laughs> me apologies. Oh. No, um, I, I, what the hell? I looked up this, the Ozark Hyler and, oh. This second. thing looks like a freaking wolf goat. I think this is what it is. It's a wolf goat. It's a wolf. A, or a it's like wolf? a bear and a lion mixed together with Is horns. it a man bear pig? Man bear pig. That's pretty much what it is, I think. It's a man bear it's, pig. It's a billy goat with a dog tail. This thing is dope. I want one. Can I get it's, one of these? Yeah. So let me ask you guys then this. Perfect world. You get to pick horrified three. Which which movie monsters or villains are in it? You know what? I would actually do a modern ones. I would have oh. Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, oh. uh, the Scream guy, Ghostface, Ghostface, whatever his name. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, who's the guy? Pinhead. Yep. Hellraiser. Uh, it. Oh, you mean damn. Pennywise? Pennywise, yeah. Like uh Pennywise horrified... Jigsaw and like freaking Jason Voorhees. Yeah, horrified modern oh, tales of terror. Saw, that would be really great because you'd like puzzle solving and stuff. Oh, wow. I I love that. That is actually a great idea because they really haven't made any good board games in my opinion that reflect like the the modern slasher like horror films. Mm-hmm. Well, not to drift over the line too much to SOS, but do you, are either of you guys aware of or remember the Friday of the 13th video game? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, to me, would also be a perfect horrified if it was just like, uh, oh, my God, why can't I think of the lake name? It's uh, Crystal Lake? Crystal Lake. So, Crystal Lake, yeah. So um, American Monsters, though, takes place in... In it looks like a, uh, I don't know. I guess it takes place over the course of like different fields and a small American town. Never mind. But uh, like a <laughs> slasher, Lake. yeah, a slasher type of thing. Like more modern monsters could take place during in some generic, you know, camp of some sort, or even you know, small towns connected by highways. All right, yeah. Right? They can so you're traveling over. through the United States or wherever, right? So, yeah, that's actually, uh, I don't know. We're doing, we're doing a brainstorm right now. Oh, yeah. oh an- another brainstorm already? Yeah. Uh, o- Owen is right, though. Like, there isn't a, a kind of game like that. And I'm actually shocked, like, shocked that there isn't a Friday the 13th style board game where you have to, like, co op get away from Jason. So there is a game that I played. I, I think I had it and I gave it away because I wasn't a huge fan of it. It's called Last Friday, um, where it's a hidden movement game. One person plays a killer at a camp, like Camp Crystal Lake, um, and everybody else plays campers. And they need to uh, you know, get away from him. And it, it plays in phases. So the first – it plays out like a, like a horror movie. So the first phase, you know – hell breaks loose and everybody's trying to get away and stay alive. Second phase, the kids fight back and then they're trying to find the killer. And then third phase, you know, he rises again and, and, and so on and so forth until the end of the game when, when they finally do either defeat him or die. It's a really cool concept did not play out very well, but it, it did, it does remind me of this same style. So um, I think uh, that it could be made like an, um, you know, a uh, a modern day horror game with those characters could be made into a great, like, horrified style game. Interesting. Yeah. So that, like, last Friday, check that out. Um, that's also a very, a very cool game, cool concept. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, um, but it, it was still pretty good. All right, gentlemen. So the people, the Meeple fans everywhere want to know, if you could change any part of the game or modify it differently, how would you, or what would you do? I know David's already brought up a house rule of his where you would keep the action cards blind, but is there anything in this game that kind of steps off the page or you'd want to, to change to make the game maybe more enjoyable for yourself or the people around you? Uh, I don't know if there's ways to, to 
decrease your terror level in the game. I think you can only increase it, right? Yeah, I think it only increases. There is a way to bring that down. I think that would be good if there was like, if you could complete, say, specific tasks and you can like uh, lower that level. And if you're like in dire situations where you're like, you know, it goes up to seven. If you're at like five or six, you're like, oh my God, like if we don't do something, we're going to lose. If you could like say, all right, you go do this task to bring down our terror level, that would be cool. Well, maybe you could house rule it so that when you deliver a villager to their location, oh. you could choose either to get a special action card or decrease the terror. Oh, track, that's right. Really because good. you brought that person back to safety, so they're no longer scared. I like that the option of either getting a card or lowering on the track. I think that's awesome. That's a really good idea. There yeah, you I like that. That's cool. thank that's, you. <laughs> and there's your only modifier you would need. Uh, I. I don't know. This is just greedy, I guess, for me. But you want 3D characters for everyone? No, 4D <laughs> characters, 2D uh, characters. Oh, Throw you want a monster? Yeah. I want yeah. the board to rotate as I play it. No, I would like a modifier that would allow a six-player and an additional monster to make it work. Because well, a lot of the times when you go to board game nights with people, you typically go with like at least we do. We typically go with couples. And right. if you go with more than one couple, you have to find games that are six players. And this game to, is too good to be on the shelf for six people. Yeah, you have to tell someone they're not allowed to play and they have to leave. No, mm-hmm. two players, one. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. It would be cool if instead of making American Monsters, well, maybe they could still do it, where they release like an expansion where it's like maybe even a separate little board that adds one or two new locations and like a couple new cards and new characters. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Like make it say a one to even like six, maybe six to eight. Eight would be pushing it. It's uh, uh-huh. you're you're thinking like Catan, aren't you? Like developing yeah, the outer ring of the board. Yeah, like make another separate location that can sit off to the side, and it can be like I don't know, maybe a place where you can take a boat from like the dock to this other location. I don't know. So well, I'm actually surprised that they didn't release expansions for. Um, horrified like the original game just because mm-hmm. there's more classic monsters than just the ones in that in that right. game right so i i was actually thinking that would be a prime game for some sort of expansion pack with maybe two or three different monsters on it you know Vi- disney's villainous does that they have the base game but then you can buy expansion packs which adds three more characters right yeah see it's funny because ravensburger also makes villainous correct um and they are killing it with their expansions i don't know why they're not also extending that to horrified or any of their other properties because they totally could i don't think I they guess, need to no i see they made enough money that they could just make a whole other game but if you see what american monsters actually looks like you know mm. you can tell that they took what was good with the original game and expanded right. on it right the same classic same type of gameplay but then they increase the quality of other components you know the mi- monster miniatures the the cutouts the standees for the characters and stuff like that some of the, the co- component designs and everything so who knows maybe the next when they take our idea of uh, modern monsters right. uh, they might start adding TM, 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 TM. <laughs> they might start adding uh, some expansion packs for that one. So I was just Googling it really quickly before I brought it up. Um, I, I wish there was something in the box saying like what the hardest combination for you to beat would be, or at least kind of an idea. And a lot of people right. here are saying um, like, I'm just on the BGG forums and a lot of people are saying like the Wolfman combined with the mummy and then both Frankenstein because of the extra mini game right. would be the hardest combination of monsters. However, because the game is so leveled out, any combination of players can technically beat any combination of monsters. Sometimes it just might take a little bit longer. Right. Um, but essentially like the scientist is technically OP. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I was also just looking on the Board Game Geek uh, forum. There are fan made. I forgot that this is a whole thing that they're like, this is such an amazing community. People love this game so much. They just started making their own monsters. So I'm just looking at the Family of the Opera. Um, 
what other ones people have people made but if you ever the purge oh oh my god (laughs) there's gonna be a squid game horrified yes please (laughs) squid game everything everybody's just stop moving at the table um yeah if you're ever looking for more content for a board game that you like and like they're not making anymore look on the board game geek because people make their own versions and make their own additional stuff like uh there's a krampus one. Oh yeah um, krampus would be a good good one but then you'd have yeah. to do like horrifying holiday monsters and i think there's oh. only like one or two the grinch oh yeah uh, horrified werewolf in London expansion, another fan made expansion. So there's lots, there's lots of extra stuff online. If you're like, man, this game needs more. Well, guess what? It's on the board game geek. Um, Is it just on Etsy? Entry. Like I'd, I'd be interested depending on the monster. I would really like, like David said, I think the perfect combination of a three would be like Jason, Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger. Oh my God. It's, it's like a nightmare. Or, or you go <laughs> Chucky jigsaw Pennywise and just not sleep. Yeah, really. Well, your your character would just die, I think, in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, yeah, the, the Grinch is You're just here. like, no, I'm terrified. I'm I'm done. Sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, just move the terrified track all the way to seven. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> Why even get out of bed? No, because yeah, Chucky's just stabbing you. Um, oh, um, before we wrap the show today, would you guys like to do a few listener questions that we've had? recently absolutely Absolutely. yeah let's do it wow so i I got one from last week and this is directed at the two of you uh, mainly because you guys are the board game experts and they literally thought my answer would be horrified so it's halloween you get to play one game that's it one game that's all you get to play what are you picking and why oh man Oh, and you can start with this one. I got to think about it. All right. I'm going to go with Twilight Imperium because, <laughs> you know, just, just because, you know, if it's, if that's the Bingo. game, I, I can make, yeah, I can make people play it because it's my birthday and be like, we have to play this game because it's my birthday. Uh, no, that'd be scary because people would be like literally dying around me from exhaustion. Um, mm-hmm. It would be. It, like if there is just the game that I would play, it would probably be Betrayal. I love Betrayal. It's such a great thematic game, and it's perfect for spooky season. Like it, it has everything. It's got the big haunted house. It's got walls that bleed. It's got hands that jump out of nowhere and grab you by the neck. It's got crazy scenarios, um, and it's so random. And it, it, it's always a good time. Always have a good laugh. So that that's my answer. All right. Yeah, I was uh, thinking of Betrayal, but I can't pick that one. So. I'm going to have to say Mansions of Madness because Ooh. people like to watch, uh, you know, scary movies. Um, so it kind of takes that board game and gives you the digital storytelling aspect of it. Uh, it's really easy to learn, but it's super thematic. So, and that one's, you know, similar. You're exploring, like, not necessarily a, uh, a mansion, but you know, there's different locations inside, outside stuff like that. Uh, some really interesting stories, but yeah, I would definitely go with that one. Yeah. That's a great game. Uh, we've got to play that again. Actually mm-hmm. it's been a while. Yeah. All right. So, and what about you, Sean, other than horrified? <laughs> um, I mean, if it was just Halloween, I think I only own horrified, um actually it's funny because one of the first halloween parties i went to with a a bunch of people i ended up playing like hours of coup in a kitchen and we had like two boxes going it was really really fun interesting um i do have two other questions one is a generic question to all of us actually both of them technically are question number one is hi guys i really enjoyed your back to school dorm days games what do you guys have in store for the holiday season well, the mm. answer we're, is we haven't planned that far ahead. We're going to do a show about uh, the best Christmas games to play. No, I don't know. Yeah, so Candyland, uh, um, Don't Wake Daddy, Mousetrap. Oh, Mousetrap. Hell yes. Um, it would be mostly family games, right? Because you're gathered yeah. around with the family. So you want stuff that's easy. Uh, actually, just before we record, I played a game of Five Crowns with my mom and my grandma and my wife. And that was a lot of fun. Um again something really 
you know, easy, social, nothing too like you do nothing too much you gotta focus on. Anyways, yeah, that's that's another topic for another show, I think. You have our loose commitment that we will try and showcase a Christmas themed game. Mm. No yeah, we're, gonna to, we're gonna have to try and find one. We're gonna have to try and find one that's like specifically Christmas themed. And available online so we can yeah. record it. Yeah. Now the final question kind of made all of us sad when we talked about it pre-show. Um, a friend of the show and an avid listener asked and mentioned to me that, oh my God, guys, your banter is fantastic. It's like you've never missed a day. When was the last time you all hung out in the same room? And I kind of really got upset when it's been like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been more than 10 years. Got it. <laughs> it's I think it's more. Well, for all, all three of us, yes, it's been over 2020 years. did not count. So technically it's 10 years. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, it has yeah. been a long, long time. Last time I hung out with Sean face to face, we were in college together, and that's yeah. been that was so, quite a long time ago. That's the story. We all we all know each other from college, and uh, we all went our separate ways. And David, who will take this as a point of pride, brought us all back together. Yeah, which I'm so glad he did. It's been it's been awesome uh, chilling and, and talking with you guys again felt you know like i think uh the first time we we all got on got on you know the podcast together you know chatting with sean and i think you said something along the lines of like it feels like we haven't you know there was no break there was no time lapse at all it's like hey what's up man yeah because yeah, you hey. guys still shit on me just as much as you did back oh yeah we, we have that that common <laughs> goal of shitting on david so. yeah. yeah they say if you love something set it free and owen and i found each other again yeah, you guys are welcome. Okay, <laughs> no, thank you, David. All, all I gotta say is, no, I'm not gonna say it right now. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a lot of good things coming for the uh, the next year. So it's it's kind of crazy to think that this year is almost over. We have uh, a few more episodes, few more weeks of uh, 2021 left for Three Men and a Meeple, and you know what that means, though. That means that 2022, we're going to have so many more games to play and so many more games to talk about. I think we only have four episodes left. More or less, year. yeah. yeah. Oh, dang. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's wild. Um, the final comment I got, just because it's hilarious, was, hey, guys, I went thrifting and I saw Coronation Street. You guys weren't kidding. It's out there a lot. <laughs> it's out there everywhere i guarantee you you go to any value village any thrift store right now you will find a dvd copy of 24 you'll find coronation <laughs> street you'll find a couple of copies of clue maybe a monopoly they're out clue? there right clue so, though depending on like i sent you guys the picture i found an oh, absolute gorgeous copy box in very killer. good condition you yeah, bought it right yeah, it was four bucks. Yeah. Hell so yeah. I saw a copy of Clue, but it was like the one of the newer editions that was all oh, like, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I did see a box of Coronation Street. And there was <laughs> there was uh six seen it games on one shelf. Depending on which one, Dang. I am looking for like a few of them. They were all the same, like just the basic scene. <laughs> <it. laughs> so my so, version of Clue, the board was produced in 1986. That's dope. That's like that's an that's one of like the earlier versions, right? Like that's awesome. Yeah, the copyrights is 1972, 1986 Parker Brothers Division of Kenner Pro- Parker, and it's in immaculate shape. Like the box is in great shape. This game was that's, barely played. That's awesome. Uh, I have got games at my old Value Village I used to live near, work near, um, where it was old games like that, still in the wrap. Like you would find like a super old version of Risk, never played. Uh, and those were always just great finds. I think I bought With good like reason. 30 or 40 games from that Value Village. It was awesome. So yeah, if you're ever like, you know, going by a, a VV, stop in, check out the board game section. You might find something really good. Yeah, if your city's lucky enough to have a Toledo. Yeah, unless you're me and you find six copies of Seen It. Yo, that's you know, that's six copies of Seen It you can have hey, on your shelf. If anybody comes across a friend seen it, I, I need a copy of that. Okay. Okay. But I'll, I'll keep that in mind. 
that is it for this horrific episode of three men and a meeple. If you like what you're hearing, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or meta, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, <laughs> and your favorite podcatchers everywhere. And I went almost the entire episode without saying it. And I swore and I tried so hard not to in meeples. And I'm sorry, everyone. I'm not actually oh. sorry. Now, <laughs> I have to, now I have to click that explicit checkbox when I upload this. <laughs> Thanks They're a all lot. marked explicit. I know, because <laughs> of you. I get you to swear on the other one. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, for myself... <laughs> For David. Yo. And our great friend Owen. He's so cool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We want to thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on our next game.